Welcome to Panel to Screen. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell. Man, how you doing tonight? Um, I'm I'm alive. Yeah, that you know what? In 2020 here, the tail end of 2020, we'll we'll take it. Uh, we'll, we will absolutely take that. Um are you did you have a you have a decent uh, little little Christmas break there, a little good holiday break for you? Yeah, it wasn't too terribly bad. Um my parents guilted me into going to visit them, so I did, and there were more people there than I was comfortable with, but Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't bite on that one, man. We we stayed locked up. We stayed like hardcore locked up in the in the York bunker, man, all the way. See, because like my, I, we were gonna go there Thanksgiving, um, and and it was just gonna be like me and my parents and Christy, and that was gonna be it, and that would have been fine. And yeah, um, um, and I, I think my godmother was was gonna be there too, but then then it was like you know we had several other family members and stuff come over, which is great because I hadn't seen them in a while, but like. I just drove cross country and I don't want to like be responsible for one of them catching the COVID, but you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, actually, um, I just found out, <laughs> so I was helping with the, the Christmas Eve broadcast at the church and the bassist, uh, apparently just tested positive for COVID. And there was only like, I don't know, six or seven of us there like on site. And I'm like, man, I've been so t- I've been so careful. And so I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. But see, we didn't go in to visit anybody. Had we, we would have brought whatever we might have out to them. Yeah. So anyway, we're we're locked down in the bunker. Hopefully I'll know more pretty soon. Christina, my, or rather my wife, uh, actually just got her first vaccine treatment. So that's that's exciting stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Happy for that. All right. But that's that's not nobody's here for this, man. This is <laughs> this may be 2020. It may be the, the year in which we're all just happy to be. <laughs> to still be kicking but man we are uh, are happy because we are bringing another episode of panel to screen out to the people of course we're talking about the most unnecessary type of podcast on the internet that, that's right it's two guys talk about movies talk about comics talk about comic book movies and we are doing our review for the 2020 uh, uh one of the very few 2020 blockbuster films wonder woman 84 now, Bell, 1984 was a very influential year in my life because it's the year in which I, my life began. Were you born in 83 or 84? I, I, I'm in 84. Okay, I thought so. All right, so obviously this is a very, very uh, a special special type of period piece for us. But um, yeah, the 80s. Wonder Woman in the 80s. It's, it seems like such a good idea, and that is because... I think it was. I think we were all very excited for the context in which this movie was going to be made. Many of us really excited to see where they were taking Wonder Woman universally, well, relatively universally. Wonder Woman, prior to uh, Shazam, was kind of considered the one good DC uh, EU film. Now, that being said, there's a lot of people who like a lot of different DC EU films, and I'm not saying that that's not the case. But universally, broadly, Wonder Woman seemed to be kind of the generally accepted good one. Then Shazam happened. But regardless, now we've got Wonder Woman 84, the second installation in the Wonder Woman franchise and the <laughs> installation in the uh, DCEU franchise. <laughs> Bell, what, going into this movie, obviously we thought we were going to get this a long time ago. We got it here uh, during the, uh, the Christmas break. What, was your, uh, you know, what were your expectations? What were you bringing into this movie, so to speak? Um, I, had, I had pretty... I wouldn't say I had high expectations, but I had expectations mm. like, you know, the original Wonder Woman, I thought, you know, like like you just mentioned, was the best of the of the batch until uh, Shazam came around. And so I, I was expecting it to be to be good. I was expecting to enjoy it and for it to be good. That's kind of I, I wasn't like this is going to be the best movie ever kind of thing or like, you know, it's going to be the best DCEU film. Even um, I, I was expecting it to be in the, in the upper echelons of the DCEU films. And that, that that's basically it, you know, like. 
I, I trust Patty Jenkins with her, what she did with the original Wonder Woman. And um, yeah, that's kind of kind of where I was going with it. Yeah, she's got a good vision for the character, a good grasp on who the character uh, is. She's kind of established the, the universe through the lens of Wonder Woman, to be sure. Um, casting, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but uh, the DCEU is, has some just really, really great casting uh, choices all the way through. And, you know, I think Kristen Wiig was maybe one that raised a few eyebrows uh, just because we don't typically think of her as, you know, I guess a dramatic or even like an action villain type of character actor. Uh, however, you know, ultimately I think she, she, th- what they did with Barbara in particular uh, really fit. It makes, it made a lot of sense very quickly as to why Kristen Wiig was in this movie and playing this character. When you think about it, Cheetah and Maxwell Lord two really, really top-tier villains when it comes to Wonder Woman. I think Cheetah in particular is one of the more iconic, especially visually iconic Wonder Woman villains. And Maxwell Lord, of course, his relationship dynamic and ultimately demise at the hands of Wonder Woman uh, is is something that is kind of quintessential to her overall arc as a comic book hero. Now, obviously, decisions were made. You know, things were done differently in this movie. I I thought this was going in a very different direction than it ultimately went in. <laughs> uh, and so we'll, we'll we'll get into into all that, I'm sure. But uh, but before even diving in, man, these two characters, Cheeto and uh, Maxwell Lord, what were you, what were your knowledge of either of these characters, and and what were you kind of ho- hoping from the villain side of things? Um, I, I would pretty much have no um, knowledge of, of Cheetah whatsoever. I just knew that she was a Wonder Woman villain, and that was about it. Um, right. Nothing about the origin, nothing about uh, power set, although I, I just presumed she was, you know, super strong, apex predator, fast reflexes kind of stuff, you know, classic archetype for, for you know, a villain to fight a, a, a super-powered person. Um, so, yeah, nothing really to go on there. Uh, Maxwell Lord, I um, knew the interactions uh, that you mentioned earlier that we will get into, uh, and, and that was really like I I knew he was a, a Wonder Woman kind of villain, and and the interaction um, in the comic, I guess what was it? Was it an Identity Crisis? Whichever, whichever the yeah, it was a Infinite Crisis. Infinite if I'm not Crisis, mistaken, right? I, yeah, yeah I, I, it was one of the crisis ones where he came out and uh, that was up to, yeah. the, the the big thing that happened there uh, involving Wonder Woman and him. And and so I knew about that and I knew about the circumstances surrounding it and uh, like the backlash of it and um, those kinds of things. And so that kind of um, was my thought going into this film. And I was like, we're going to see something like that. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, so yeah, that was my background with those two. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, man, we got, of course, Gal Gadot uh, returning as Wonder Woman. And we also, I'm pretty sure I, you know, I I should have double checked this beforehand, but I think the kid that played young Wonder Woman is the same kid from the first movie, right? I have no idea. I think that's right. I could be, I could be wrong, but I mean like she's all right. So we, so we're introduced. Let's, let's just get, let's go ahead and dive, just dive in right here. All right. So we're introduced in back into the world of wonder woman by going a little bit back in time, seeing young Diana on Themyscira competing in these kind of Olympic like competitions. She is, uh, you know, compared to her counterpart, she is far more younger, but also extremely skilled. You know, we get instantly those reminders of the dynamics that she had between her mom and her aunt, um, and what those relationships were like, especially with her aunt as kind of a general and somebody who believes and pushes Diana to be more. Um, and really, you know, it was funny. I, I got to say this, man, I can't not enter into this movie, especially in the way in which like it was written. Like I am watching this movie as a father, 
I'm watching this movie as a father of daughters. I'm watching this movie as a father of young daughters. You know what I mean? Like that is something I am going to be bringing into this movie. And you know, I'm, I'm going to get, I, I, you know, I may be able to pull something out of it that maybe people not bringing that into it are able to pull out. I, I don't know. We'll see. But all I know is when she, when she cheated and did the cut, you know, <laughs> the, the cutting corners in the competition and her aunt comes in with the tough love, like talk, but also like just, you know, big up on her at the same time. I was like sitting here taking notes and my wife was sitting next to me saying like, can, can she like raise our youngest daughter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of picked up on that. I have nieces and nephews, but like, you know, but, um, very, very good, uh, very good aunt auntly vibes there by robin wright yeah that that sequence in particular man one of the things i saw from kind of the the overall hot takes on twitter is regardless of what people's overall opinion was of this movie i i have not seen anybody that didn't absolutely love that that opening yeah it, it was good right you know like i said it's kind of forms the emotional core of the movie and and really explains what's going to happen and, and what's um you know where where the plot's going to go i think yeah and i just i love see i mean like you know again i i just think uh the the young Diana character is one that I love that we we got kind of that callback to the first movie and kind of seeing her uh, even even older now than she was when we kind of first saw her before and seeing almost kind of this dual progression of the character. Obviously, Diana in, you know, I, I, quote unquote, modern day 80s Diana is is uh, far, you know, far more advanced, far more comfortable with the world around her than her World War One counterpart. And, you know, in a similar fashion, we're dealing with a more mature yet still a child version of her in that opening sequence, who is very different from the younger version that we saw in the first movie. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm digging that progression. That was a fun opening kind of reminder of the mascara and really kind of the core of Wonder Woman. While, as you mentioned, setting up this idea that we're going to be talking about truth in this movie, which makes sense. Truth should be a core like component to a Wonder Woman, like like a quality Wonder Woman story. Uh, it's a it's an aspect that's fundamental to the character, um, obviously to kind of her power set as well with the uh, the lasso of truth and um, yeah I really 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 loved what uh, the setup. Now from there we dive into the eighties, and not only do we dive in the eighties, man, we dive into Houston, Texas. Houston? Yeah, you didn't notice that was in Houston. I thought it was in D.C. No, I mean the ma- the majority of the movie takes place in in D.C. But the thing with the with the mall that was all in Houston. Yeah. Um. But the big drum said like Virginia. Yeah, it was in it was in Houston. No, that that took place in in DC, dude. There's no, a mall I, in DC. That was that was, but it was in Houston though. But but it was in DC. I, I promise you, it was in Houston. No, the, the the majority of the movie took place in DC. Not the whole movie. Some of it took place in the Middle East. Well, right. No, this was. Yeah. The, I think the opening scene. I could be wrong on this. I don't think I am though. I think it took place in Houston. I was actually disappointed that the majority of the movie took place in DC because. Yeah, we're talking about oil. It's just Houston. Come on. Uh, I no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was, that was a mall in DC. It might have been filmed in Houston. I don't know, but it was a mall in DC. I thought it was Houston. All right, well, fair enough. Anyway, we're in the '80s. That's the important thing, and we're getting Wonder yeah. Woman and like full on Wonder Woman gear. Uh, you know the the effects. You know, one of the things I always love with these movies is as they get more comfortable with leaning into like the superhero aspect of things. We get we get costumes that are a bit more like bright and colorful, and I think it fits, especially with the era in which we see the movie take place. Yeah, everything is more bright and colorful in the '80s, and so therefore we're going to get that costume that just pops a lot better um, because of the way in which you know the universe that it, that it embodies right now. So uh, we love that opening sequence, you know, seeing Wonder Woman out and about. 
But we do get something established kind of early on that you kind of feel has to happen given that we are dealing with the weight of a franchise that wraps around this movie. And that is that Wonder Woman is constantly having to try to keep herself a secret, despite the fact that she does have kind of the, you know, the the red, the gold and the blue, uh, you know, outfit that is going to like, you know, stand out and kind of communicate superhero uh, you know, she's busting cameras. She's kind of winking at the kids, telling everybody to keep it a secret because the world's not really supposed to know about her until Justice League, right? Yeah, that's what it seems like. You know, she just being missing and nobody really knew about her. But and, and, I, and I like the fact that she's destroying the cameras to destroy physical evidence because the photo was kind of, you know, what got her in trouble with Lex and whatnot. Mm. Um, I, and and I, I appreciated that. But like, come on. There are hundreds of people in there. Not one right. of them came out and said, yeah, there is this woman who was wearing this crazy getup and she had this this glowing rope that she was flinging around. I mean, like, I, I think it's fine to kind of hint that there might have been something. But like, since there's no evidence, it's just a conspiracy theory. It's the 80s. They don't, you know, propagate as wildly as they do now. And um, people would forget. Right. Like, yeah. Well, although, and to although, me, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, people would forget. Uh, I'll talk about this when we start talking about the end of the movie. How about that? Yeah, the end of the movie that needs to be talked about. But uh, no, no, okay, so so this is the thing though. I I kind of feel, you know, I, I'll just go ahead and just like spill the bean can here. I I loved this movie. I really really loved this movie. I've got maybe like two and a half critiques to lay at the foot of this movie. I know that this was not a universally loved movie. I can see Twitter. I loved this movie. I had a lot of fun with it, and it was great, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed this way better than the first Wonder Woman movie, and that might put me really? in the minority, but I don't care. I really did, man. I loved <laughs> this movie. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, I, I guess the half critique I have is really not a, the fault of this movie, but really just the fault of, or, I mean, not, not, uh, yeah, fault of the franchise as a whole, and that is that she can't be Wonder Woman because of the weight of the franchise and kind of the established lore that exists. Like, because, you know, by the time we get to Justice League, people can't know who she is. She can't really just be out there. And I thought that was unfortunate. I thought that was unfortunate for a lot of reasons that actually plays directly into the end of the movie, that she couldn't be more of a public presence or like a known, you know, figure, or even if she was kind of a figure of myth that was kind of rumor or talked about, like, you know, to, to people, oh, it's her, it's Wonder Woman. Like, we can't do that because of the baggage that is Justice League and the notion that Wonder Woman has kind of existed in, in hiding for all of this time. So that that's one of the that, or that's the half criticism that I kind of have to lay at the feet of this. And again, that's no fault of this movie. The movie did a good job right. of kind of, you know, working around that as best it could. But I think it could have been a better movie had it not had to do that. So. That's, right. Yeah. That's I, that. Yeah. That's that's not really I mean, that's not really anything you can blame the filmmakers on. They were working within constraints that they didn't set up and they had to, you know, I, th I think setting it in this time period was, was really neat. I think that was that was cool. Um, I mean, they, they, they could have done it post Justice League, I suppose. Sure. Uh, and just and just modernize everything. Um, but I think they kind of see it's weird, though, like. Wonder Woman, like we had the first Wonder Woman, we, ex we we understand why she like disappeared. And there are little things in her apartment that showed that she, you know, was instrumental in stuff during the Holocaust. There was a picture right. of her uh, with, with Holocaust um, um, prisoners and things like that um, and various other things throughout history where she was doing stuff. And, and and I guess they just wanted to explore what she was doing to make it not look like she absolutely abandoned human humanity to kind of like, I guess, I don't know, fix that aspect of her character. Um, so, so, I mean, it was interesting that, you know, there, there are constraints that were put about 
are put on her where, you know, nobody knew she existed in Justice League. And so there's all this time that happened before then we can ignore that time or we can do stuff in that time and work around these kind of barriers that we have. So, you know, yeah, it was an interesting choice. Um, but again, yeah, not really a um, a fault of the filmmakers as to why they couldn't do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So again, that's a minor gripe. I don't think that it really, you know, it, I mean, it is what it is. Um, Barbara, man, let's talk about, let's talk about Cheetah here. Uh, so as I mentioned early on, I remember when it was announced that Kristen Wiig would be kind of the, 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 you know, the physical threat to wonder woman. Um, you know, obviously, uh, she's a fantastic actress, a great, you know, hilarious comedian, but has also done dramatic roles as well. I, you know, I think, I think there was, um, I, I don't know. I feel like, I, 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 Remember when Batman was cast as? Uh, I mean, remember when Affleck was cast as Batman? <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, the Batfleck. I think there was kind of some similar skepticism here when when Kristen Wiig was high, you know brought on as Cheetah. But overall, what do you, what do you think about Barbara, man? I thought it was great. Like you can clearly see progression of as her wish kind of like takes over and 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 removes her humanity and her warmth and all those other things that she gave up. Um, you can see it clearly progress and. You know, it wasn't like um, an overnight kind of thing. She still kind of like, you know, stumbles around and kind of like talks funny and talks fast and whatnot. But then like it slowly progresses and, and then she becomes this like, you know, she becomes Cheetah, right? She she fully embraces it. And um, you can clearly see the change in her character. I thought she did a really good job showing that. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have any qualms with her. Like, I mean, yeah, she's funny and um, I, she's talented and she can do those kinds of roles. You know, it, it just depends. Like, it depends on the director and what the direction they give. Like, if they tell her yeah. to improv everything, like if they if they had said, you know, just improv all your lines, it, the performance wouldn't have been nearly as good. Um, but they didn't tell her to do that. And she had good direction and she had, you know, good script and stuff. So it worked. I, I think she did a great job. I, I, I didn't see any backlash to her casting. Honestly, I, I heard people kind of like, huh, that's an interesting choice. Well, So no, not backlash, it, just skepticism, I think was the biggest thing. Like it, it just seemed an odd choice for Cheetah. I mean, maybe, I, guess, I, I mean, know. maybe I'm misremembering. It's been, we, we've had a pandemic since then. So, I mean, I can't, you know, I could be misremembering, yeah. but no, man, I mean, like, honestly, I think you're right. I think she did a fantastic job with the character. I think that especially the way that they, they kind of had her go through that progression of kind of the, the Uber nerd into kind of this kind of cool collected, but then pseudo like sociopathic like character. I mean, no, Kristen Wiig is a, a fantastic choice from that standpoint, especially because of the range. Um, I loved, I thought she made a really, really good Uber nerd. I think honestly at every stage she was able to pull it off really well. And I loved that they, they had the wishing stone or the dream stone. Um, like, you know, it, it's not that she, uh, you know, like aggressively like wanted to turn into like Wonder Woman or something of that nature. It was just a, a casual like wish of kind of wanting to be one of the quote unquote cool kids. Right. And along with that, not realizing that wishing to be more like, uh, well, for one thing, she didn't even realize that her wish would come true. But beyond that, she didn't realize that wishing to be like Diana would would also mean like, you know, fully like her, like to gain her strength, to yeah. gain her power um, was was really, really interesting. And it made her, I think, a sympathetic villain and also someone who is not as, uh, let's say, like mustache twirling as you could possibly you, you could have taken Cheetah in more of a um, standard, uh, you know, yeah, evil villain, comic book evil villain. 
And I, I thought this worked really well. And I, I really liked him, man. I, I agree. I would have liked to see her more as Cheetah. Um, given that it is Kristen Wiig, my, my, I, I do wonder if when they bring back Cheetah in the future, if they might go for a lesser known name, since it's it's probably going to be a fully CGI character from here on out. Um, I know she did revert well, back. You think so? Well, I know she reverted back, but at the same time, money says that that she's not staying human. I guarantee you that we will get a return of Cheetah. Uh, I mean, if Kristen Wiig wants to play it again, then sure. But I'm just, you know, Kristen Wiig costs money, man. <laughs> like, like she's yeah. she's big dollars, and it's like, uh, you know, your boy that played um, Red Skull, and how when they brought him back for that cameo in uh, in Infinity War. Well, first off, they didn't bring him back. It wasn't him. But that's what I'm saying. They brought the character back, but they didn't bring the uh, the actor. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you yeah. can, you could just get anybody. You don't actually need the big name when it's a uh, you know a CGI or a fully like you know costumed character like that. Well, but Kristen Wiig does is a name draw, and like for a movie like Avengers: Infinity War. Oh, that's. I mean, that's a fair you don't, point. You don't. You don't need Hugo Weaving. Oh, like pe- people aren't going to go. Man, Hugo Weaving's in this unknown movie that I've never heard of with no one that I know in it called Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you don't. You don't. Right. You don't need Hugo Weaving's name draw for that, right? Yeah, like, that's true. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, for like you know, for Wonder Woman, like you know, yeah, a lot of people know the character. Uh, some people might not be as familiar with Gal Gadot. Um, if they, if, you know, especially if they haven't seen any of the other DCEU movies. And so, you know, Kristen Wiig is a, is a, is a big name draw, and especially since she did so well with the character. I mean, I, I might be a little, you know, frustrated if they, if they don't want to bring her back because I would like to see where she takes that character, right? Like, I don't want to see somebody else pick up where she left off. My money is that we probably, if we get a return of the character, I don't think they'll, that the character will be that big in the next movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be more of a you know, a, a villain team up type situation like, you know, with, and, and so like, that's, that's the other thing too. I just don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. She could end up, you know, maybe Cheetah ends up kind of going on in more of a Loki-esque fashion where, you know, you can't have Wonder Woman without Cheetah, but I, I just, I doubt it. I could be wrong, but we'll, we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she's coming back. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Maxwell Lord here, the Mandalorian. Um, what, uh, what did you think about this take on Maxwell Lord? I mean, I liked it. I, I knew a little bit about like how Maxwell Ward or Maxwell Lord operated and whatnot from the comics, but mainly just, you know, this, his interactions with Wonder Woman uh, and stuff like that. I, I, but I, I loved Pedro Pascal in this movie as Maxwell Lord. I thought it was great. Um, I loved the like, you know, just, cringy like 80s pyramid <laughs> scheme tv personality guy like life is good but it can be better you know what do you wish for <laughs> yes yeah. i i thought he was wonderful he, he was one of my favorite parts of this whole movie um but yeah I, I i loved his performance i loved uh just the idea of turning himself into the wish stone i didn't see that coming at all like i thought that was genius i was like that's really cool um because now he gets to take the things as opposed to them being taken from him by this God or whatever. Like he takes them. I was like, that's, that's, that's a, that's a really neat idea. I totally dig that. And yeah, so I, I really enjoyed his, uh, um, his performance. I enjoyed what he did with the character and yeah, I, I think he did a wonderful job. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It, it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, so Maxwell Lord is, is a, has a, a hmm. he has been on the side of the angels, although he's never quite been one himself. And so making Maxwell Lord into kind of a sympathetic, sympathetic character was really interesting. Given him the son, I think the son in particular 
really kind of kept you on the edge of the seat, especially with all the chaos as things got worse and worse and worse, as you saw kind of the uh, the effect that being the Dreamstone had on uh, Lord, but also on the world, and then ultimately his son. Man, we get this wish that his son makes for his greatness. And do you feel that we got a payoff there? Like, like what... One of my kind of takeaways that I had kind of a question about is what was that all about? Well, I mean, you notice he didn't take anything from his son. So like there was that was like a kind of, you know, nice thing that he could do. Um, and, and I think I mean, all of them rescinded their wish, right? The, the so, kid like, never said not, I rescind my wish. But even beyond that, oh, what yeah. does that even mean? Like, I felt like that was a setup that we didn't necessarily get a payoff for. Yeah, there, there, there's a couple things about the end of the movie that we didn't get a payoff for. Um I don't know. Like, I, the, the end of this movie just really confused me. That's 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 where I'm going with that. Okay. All right. I mean, like, I guess since we're on Max, let's. Go, I mean, we can go ahead and like dive in. I mean, we'll 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 circle back to Wonder Woman and and Steve Trevor and and you know, uh, you know, kind of our our two our two main characters. Here, Invasion but. of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> all right. So so let's talk about this though. All right. So the end of the movie. All right. So I have what I say. I had two and a half gripes. Right. Like, the big the biggest gripe I have about this movie is how it ended. I loved the entire movie. I loved the characters. I loved the interaction. I thought that it was a lot of fun. I loved the 80s. I loved the way it was shot. I saw some people complaining about the fact that like the special effects seemed weird. I was like, it's an 80s movie. This is fantastic for an 80s movie. Like, no, I'm serious. This was shot to make you feel like you were watching a like the most high-end like movie produced in the 80s. Like you felt that. Uh, even some of the way the running sequences were done and and you know the special effects in particular, like you felt that. I felt that. Uh, so, I mean, like I had no problem with, with any of that. I thought it was, was done really, really well. The one thing I, I, I thought, Bell, I thought we were going to that moment. So spoilers for those who are not familiar with in the com in the comics and everything, Bell's already kind of referenced this wonder woman kills Maxwell Lord. Like yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. Like she kills Maxwell Lord to save the world on camera. Yeah. Like, and it, it, it destroys her reputation on like the world stage. It breaks apart. It's part of the breaking apart of the justice league. It is one of the, it is one of the most quintessential moments in comics and like, or in, in DC comics in particular, at least in that era. And here we have a world in chaos, like, like Maxwell Lord losing it on camera. And she's got the lasso of truth out. Like, I thought for sure that's where we were heading with this movie. Yeah, and, and especially, like, the fact that they they spent effort. So, <laughs> this is funny. I was talking to some friends of this uh, the other night. Uh, I rewatched it last night, and I was talking to them afterwards. And um, this is the best Superman movie since Christopher Reeves. Um, and they just messed up because that's a great way to put it because they, they yeah, it, yeah. They, they made it. They made it a Wonder Woman movie um, because she spent the entire movie protecting innocence and making sure that even the bad guys weren't, uh, you know, horribly brutalized. You know, right. like Batman, you know, he'll break it. He won't kill you. No, no, no. But he'll leave you paralyzed for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, he'll leave you paralyzed for life. Yeah, you'll, you'll, right. you'll be eaten out of a straw for the rest of your life. But you know what? He didn't kill you. Sure. Um, but Wonder Woman, this whole movie, like she's protecting kids. She's protecting the bad guys. She rips the steering wheel off the truck and she's like, the brakes still work. Right. You know, like all these kinds right. of things. Oh, that was a great, great moment in this movie too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brakes. And so I, I, I'm seeing this and I'm noticing this and I'm like, this is great. They're setting this up for this ultimate showdown between her and Max where she has to make this decision. She has to make the decision. And, and, right. and yeah. all I thought about was 
uh, Man of Steel and how Superman killed Zod. And I was like, they're going to do this and they're going to do it the right way. Um, they would have done it the right way. That's right. Not, yep, not, yep. not that I disagree with, with uh, Superman's decision to uh, to kill Zod. Like my head cannon. This ain't even about him. This ain't even about him. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, it, it's 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 it was it was they set it up perfectly where it's like in the comics. Basically, what happens is Maxwell Lord uh, mind controls Superman, beats like has Superman beat the crap out of uh, out of Batman and um, f- fight uh, other people like because he thinks like Doomsday's on the loose or whatever, and. Um, Wonder Woman finally gets into release Superman uh, with the lasso of truth. And she asked him, like, are you going to stop doing this? And he's like, the only way for right. me to how, stop. How do I stop? This? Yeah. How do I, how do I stop this? And like, the, and he says the only, the only way for you, for you to stop it is to kill me. And so she's like, all right. And does it. And Boom. like snaps his neck. Yeah. Yep. Snaps his neck on live TV. And so like, you know, I, I feel like they're setting it up for this thing where it's like she goes and she tries everything that she can to stop him and he and he won't stop and he won't stop and he won't stop and she does everything in her power to protect all these people but she, finally she's faced with a choice where Max has gone so far that the only way from his own words or however they want to do like the only way for, for her to stop him is to kill him and like I thought that's where they're going to go with this movie and I thought it was going to be this huge emotional impact and this huge emotional hit and maybe another reason for her to go into hiding until we see Injustice in, in, in Justice League so um, right. but the they the, what they did with Max with the kid and um, it was it was kind of like I, I don't know it, that's how I thought it was going to end, and it didn't. And, yes. and and so it almost seemed as though like the additional impact was not because she wasn't known to the world. It was less about the fact that she was going to do it in front of the world, and more that like she was going to kill him in front of his own son. Especially with the wish the son made, as if he was now being set up to be kind of the quote unquote Maxwell Lord of the future, like like that he would end up becoming a supervillain because of this moment, because of seeing Wonder Woman kill his father on national television. Um, that's how I thought we were going. And I thought I was like, it, I was like, this has been great, but this is about to get real dark real fast. And I mean, like, it's already pretty dark. Like the world is destroying. You're seeing all these like horrible things come to pass because of people's worst, you know, you know, like, like their desires being made instant. And, you know, I thought, you know, this kind of depravity of mankind is, you know, it's like, what do you, what do you do? And it's, it's, and then they went with what they went with. Yeah. And here's the deal with that. I, we're not that good, man. No, we're not. And the the problem is I feel like what was being what was like the hope here was that it was going to leave us with a hopeful message like, oh, we can just choose to like do the right thing and not take the easy way yada yada yada. The problem is is that we're not that good. So the hopeful message actually became super depressing because all it did was really make me realize like, man, yeah, we we'd we'd be screwed. Like this this is not like this is not a hope like like the world is not like yeah. this. And it's not even like but we can make it like this. No. This concept here is universal and requires literally every single person in the world to give back their wish. And as was shown through civilization without you know over civilization over civilization over civilization that just does not happen. Now, granted because of the lasso of truth, because of the way in which she was kind of revealing truth, I mean I think we can Im- infer Perhaps that as Max was having to deal with his own truth, that so then was everybody else in the world. And so she was kind of forcing them all to deal with their truth that may have forced them to do the right thing. 
that's a little nebulous. I don't know if that was that's specifically what happened, but so uh, Wonder Woman was holding the lasso. The lasso was connected to Max, and Max was connected to everybody through the particle stream, and so therefore vicariously right. she was connected to everybody and showing everybody the truth. Well, showing, but so but it has to be their own individual truths as well. Like so, that's I will say this: the one thing I actually really did like about this move is the way in which they forced Max. Like, like when you saw him, it's like, no, dealing with, with this means you have to deal with your whole truth. Like you have to deal with the, like the traumatic experiences that made you like the things that you're running away for, the things that you're trying to like cover up that you're trying to like suppress, like these emotional traumas, you have to deal with them and you have to deal with them. And that's how you like move on healthily. If you continue to like squash them or lie to yourself or try to make yourself something that you're not, then you're, then you're going to end up becoming a monster. But the only way to move forward is the hard work of confronting your truth. Like, that's a great message. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's not a good message. And I thought it was really well displayed in the concept of Max. I thought that, like, in that, and I, to some extent, I would have been fine with that being the case and him relinquishing the power that would then, like, take away all the wishes or something of that nature, I think could have been done. I think it's just this idea that the entire world would do this that I was like, I, no, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. No, that, that, that's not how that works. Right. And, and, and another thing, though, like, there wasn't one person in the world who's like, I wish for a perfect utopia where everybody lives in harmony. And like, what, what if that... I mean, well, that would have conflicted with other wishes. I mean, there's a lot of like logic right. with the wishes in general. Right. But, but, yeah. but also like Max's thing, like, you know, yeah, it was a beautiful point. Like you got to you got to confront these things about yourself um, uh, to, in order to move on from them healthily and also to like not receive any repercussions from all the bad things you did previously because of those bad things like that that was another kind of thing that sort of muddied that whole message to me is that like the movie ends and and nothing happens to max well except for he's redeemed in a way by by showing that he's not going to be a terrible father anymore he's gonna be a good guy but like he caused all this pain and suffering and like results you know people dying and all this kind of stuff and like there's no repercussions for him whatsoever there's not there's not even him turning himself into the police. I, I got the I mean, you're right. We never saw that. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I got the sense in which he probably was going to or or something of that. like the way he was talking to his son seemed to imply that, like, his life is pretty much over now. And so it was really kind of that emotional connection with his son. But you're right. The, it would you know, we never did get a chance to see like the full. I mean, you know, the personal repercussions for. for yeah, it, it's like it's like. That final scene, it's it, you almost, it almost feels like you're supposed to feel bad for Max, and and then you know, oh, you know, he's he's redeemed and like, but all this stuff that he did, there's there's no repercussions for it whatsoever. You know, like like he almost brought the world to the brink of nuclear war. Countless people died, um, countless other bad things happened, uh, and and we're all supposed to just be like, oh no, it's fine. He loves his kid. So can I throw a conspiracy theory at you? Yeah, sure. Okay. I was wondering, because of the way everything was set up, if originally this movie ended differently, but then maybe was reshot because it's 2020. And they did they didn't want a negative depressing ending and they so didn't they... want a negative depressing ending. So if you think about it, like the the scenes that we got dealing with all of that was just two people. One of them was out in a field. Like they were very like COVID friendly ways to shoot scenes. And so I was kind of wondering because of the track, because of the way they set up with the wish and the kid and the future and then, you know, the fight sequence and there's a camera and, and that, I mean, it could have been just a subverting of expectations, but it seems an odd subverting of expectations. You know what I mean? Like, I feel as though we were headed for a different ending and maybe the decision was like, hey, 
maybe let's not. Let's try to end on a hopeful note. And I would argue that the hopeful note misses its mark because it it, it depressed me <laughs> because we're not that good. Like this, there's not a go out and, and do better type of mindset here. It's like, oh no, we are like, that would never happen. So no, we are terrible. And now I'm depressed because I'm reminded how terrible reality is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, the only way to, to really like, you know, headcanon that is to be like, yes, she was somehow managing to show everyone their own personal truth at the same time all over the world because of this weird device that they were standing in. And, and even I know we can't be we, we can't have been the only ones who saw that going in a different direction. Uh, but I don't it just I don't know. It, it just it just didn't it wasn't sold to me. It it came across to me as just like this, you know, I don't know, like the only way to make Tinkerbell fly is for everybody to clap their hands, you know, and like, it just it just felt it just didn't feel real or I, I, it was depressing, like you said. You know, it's like there's no way that everybody in the world is going to just give up all their stuff because you know whatever. No, no, I, I don't think so. And granted, like I, you know, I, I, I was, I was like, okay, cool. They, they, they didn't go that way. I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't predict how the movie was going to end. Um, but still, though, it just, it just felt cheap. I think the, the ending that they did go with. Um, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel right because we have a character in the movie who's whole plot is revolves around her not wanting to give up her wish two characters as a matter of fact diana and cheetah well and max yeah but max became the wish stone so i think it's a little bit different in that in that regard um but the two like the the two main struggles that our our hero and and one of our villains face is the fact that they don't want to give up their wish because they want these things so bad and finally diana does and um I, i i presume cheetah does as well because she's not in cheetah form at the end of it um but like that was a thing that also kind of confused me because i figured well they can't kill max because if they kill max everybody's wishes go away and that means that cheetah won't be able to stick around for other movies um because i presumed she would be the only one who didn't give up her wish maybe that would make you know maybe that would make it you know make more sense right or something um and that you know most of the people gave up their wish or most of the people gave up the really bad wishes, like the more nukes and all that kind of stuff, but Cheetah didn't. And so she's going to be Cheetah forever. But if they kill Max, they don't allow her to choose to remain Cheetah. Right. But she did give up her wish. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I, like I, I, I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. Like I thought it was really neat. It was super cool to see a hero saving people for an entire movie. You know, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She was so good. Like she was so good, dude. Can we talk about Gal Gadot here? Because like, fan, like I, I'm still constantly blown away by her as Wonder Woman. Like, I remember in the first movie, I felt as though I wasn't sure whether or not, like, she could do. Like, she fell in kind of this category of like a Chris Pratt. Oh gosh, there's like one more that that I I kind of always considered. Like the first time I saw them portraying like a superhero, I was like, ah, you know, you got to kind of have a presence, and I don't know if y'all have got this yet. But I was so wrong about Gal Gadot, like, fa- like quickly. And like, you know, as you pointed out, I think even if you go back to our, our original review of Wonder Woman, like she's playing a Wonder Woman who's not confident. She's playing a Wonder Woman who's like finding her way and is kind of that fish out of water. And so it makes sense that that she's not going to be like, you know, kind of the the, uh, the 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 ready to throw down, fully kind of realized Wonder Woman. No, but no, no hero should be in their first movie. And it, that makes sense. Man, she nailed it in this movie she's been nailing it as wonder woman and and man i'm really if 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 once this franchise and this kind of multi-connected dceu post snyderverse whatever it ends up becoming 
I just hope much in the same way that other franchises have been able to kind of pull aspects of the multiverse in. I really, really hope we don't lose Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman because she's she's just killing the game, man. She's doing great. Yeah, that scene where she renounces her uh, wish with uh, uh, so powerful, so dude. good. So she she did so good there, man. Like she sold that a hundred percent. And I was uh, crying. Like, I was yeah. crying. I have no problem saying this. Like that goodbye was so powerful. Like the like the way in which it was done that she had to close her eyes and turn because she couldn't even look back at him. Like we. <laughs> Many of us know that experience of having to say goodbye to somebody who's still there, but you know they're about to die and you're never going to see him again. And I think, like, you know, talking about like moments in 2020 that like, like maybe hit home a little harder than maybe they would have otherwise, I think that really hits. I know it does with me personally, and I know it's got to for a lot of folks. And she nailed that, man. That was the, the weight behind that moment, that performance in particular was just so good. And to go right from that into that kind of like flying man she flew in this movie yeah and and like like i i one of my buddies was telling me there was there was flack on twitter about like oh that's not how she learned how to fly in the comics like i don't care i thought it was a super sweet moment where like she chris pine revealed to her i keep calling him chris pine instead of steve trevor steve trevor yeah yeah Steve Trevor revealed to her that, that you know the, the you know this thing that came so intuitively to him and all these things that come so intuitive intuitively to her you know he was able to to give her this one last gift right which I thought was pretty neat and like I thought it was a sweet moment and plus they played uh, Adi, uh yeah Adiago in, in in D major it's it's a song that was uh written by John Murphy for the movie 20 uh, the 2007 movie Sunshine which is another really awesome movie it's a sci-fi movie that i really like and and you hear it all the time like you hear this song all the time because it's that powerful and it's that awesome and i, and I thought it really sold that moment and that was a really sweet moment um for for the way she learns how to fly to be from um uh, steve trevor and like yeah i thought that worked i thought that worked really well well and there was that that fully kind of releasing him and i mean again you know especially for people who've lost loved ones it's such a process and there's always a part of them that's always with you but you have to there is kind of this moment where you really do have to like you say goodbye and then eventually you get to the point where you can really say goodbye and as as tragic and as harmful and as harmful or as as painful as that is there is something that also just liberates you and so to tie that in with their talk about you know Steve and flight and everything else and to kind of have her kind of visually represent that to soar in a moment of peace in the midst of chaos is a fantastic moment, man. Like it was so, so well done and beautiful. And I, and from a comic book nerd standpoint, I love the fact that we got the invisible jet in here before she learned how to fly <laughs> so that we yeah. still got the invisible jet. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the was pointy neat, nose though. and everything, man. That was so good. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, it was super cool. And yeah, I, I the one the one complaint that I have about it though is that I wish that she had like lassoed the lightning before she learned how to fly, because um, that would have been like a cool thing. Oh, she can like lasso on lightning and get really high in the air. Because like after that, you don't need to lasso lightning at that point. I mean, I mean, I mean, like if you can lasso lightning, why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, go for it. Uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, mean, I, yeah, 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 I don't know. I, I love the way that it, that's, it, um, that's, that's just a little silly, little critique. nitpick. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. A little, little nitpick, that. but, but overall, yeah, overall, you're absolutely right. That scene was very well done. It was a powerful scene. It was a very sweet scene, a very sweet final moment, um, for her to reflect on, you know, her life with, with Steve and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I th- thought it worked really well. I really enjoyed it. That's good, man. Um, Steve, I mean, you know, again, Chris Pine, uh, uh, kills it, does a great job. He had a lot of Indiana Jones vibes throughout, especially when he's like fighting on top of the tank. 
Um, I like, you know, that the fight sequence in the Oval Office uh, when <laughs> he's fighting like the Secret Service guy and he's like, oh, neat. And then he does the same movie. He's like, I just learned that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had no problems with Steve Trevor this movie, except for the fact that he was body snatching some dude the whole time. OK, so yeah, that in, in the in the realm of maybe it's best not to think about it. I mean, like they straight up like body snatch slash roofied this guy and like took over his body and did things to it. And then like at the end, it's not like he was dead or something and was possessed. He's like, Oh no, I'm just back. Don't, don't have any memory of the last past week. Like there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of like, it's not even really morally gray. It's, it's, and it's when a, they, yeah. When they meet up at the end, wonder woman's like, you know, I've seen you naked. We I mean, technically yeah, had sex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's borderline date rape. Like what, what, what's going on yeah. with that? Cause that's a little, that was a little, that was a choice. And it was an odd that choice. Was, <laughs> that was a choice. Uh, if if the movie can choose to make nuclear weapons appear out of out of thin air, it can choose to make Chris Pine appear out of thin air. Right. Exactly. Um, that's what a great way to put it. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. Seemed seemed odd. Seemed seemed an odd choice. Uh, don't really know what was up with that. Uh, certainly a lot of kind of uncomfortable implications. I know that we're encouraged not to think about it, but I mean, I also think, hey, it's twenty twenty. You got to. We could do a little bit better than that. That that but, was but, weird. It, Right. Like, that's the thing. It's like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. No, 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 no. Like, it's it's much easier for you to write it in a way that makes us not worry about it at all because he appeared out of thin air than it is for you to make him a, a, some weird possessed. Just some like, dude what? it was. No, that, that Just, guy. I mean, like, what? What was that? He was that? an engineer, I guess. I don't know. Like, What was that? That was so weird. It was so weird. It was so <laughs> weird. It was so uncomfortable and I didn't like it. And and I, yeah. I would like I would like to see someone who did like it, who thought it was fine to 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 justify it because it just doesn't make any sense like yes i would love to hear what the argument is because you're exactly why right. it, it seems why it seems weird um but yeah no i mean like that glaring moral ambiguity out notwithstanding and the decision that was made in terms of the kind of the, the climax of the film uh notwithstanding i thought this was a fantastic movie i had a blast throughout i really really loved everybody that um uh, you, I'm, I'm i'm assuming you got the cookie at the end right uh yeah with uh linda carter the og wonder woman as uh Dude, apolita loved what, that. what was the hero loved yeah, that scene that was yeah. super cool and i guess i mean like that you you know when they showed her eyes in the flashback you never really saw her in that flashback but you kind of saw her eyes no go back and watch it uh, you will because i've i've seen it twice i i see in the flashback like i i nondescript couldn't couldn't tell you who it was uh you know you see that you see the coda at the end you see uh linda carter there and then when i watched it the second time i was like those are linda carter's eyes i could tell it that's at that exactly point. right yeah yep. it was it was yeah so it, it was definitely played by her they might have de-aged her a bit or something like that but yeah those are the same eyes and i didn't notice it the first time and until i watched it the second time that's when i was like oh yeah it is her mm -hmm. interesting well, and she's got such iconic eyes too. So, I mean, it's, it, it's great in the way they kind of tease that out there. And I was, you know, it felt very much, I don't know. Did you see the, the live action, um, live action Mulan? Yes. Okay. So, you, you know, the sequence at the end when Mulan is presented before the emperor, but it's the, you know, it's the voice actress that actually presents Mulan to the emperor. Yes. You didn't know that, did you? Wait, what? Hold you on. didn't know that, did you? The voice oh, actress, oh, she oh, plays a... Oh. Uh, 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 what's her face? She's on Mandalorian. I forget. Yeah, her character and, name uh, uh, she was on Mina, Agents of Mina Shield. Ningua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I recognize voice actress for Mulan. I didn't know she was a voice actress for Mulan. I just recognized her. I was like, why didn't they give her a bigger part in this movie? If she's going to be in this movie, like, 
Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Why that put was... her in there? Okay, that makes way more sense now. That makes way more sense. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was she was the she's the OG Mulan. And so I, w- I always thought it was interesting because I expected them to cast her maybe as Mulan's mom or something like that in the live action version. And I thought it was weird that she wasn't going to be in it. But then she was for that passing of the torch moment, which I thought was really, really great. Now, I mean, we're not going to talk about that movie right now because obviously we're talking about this movie. Ming-Na Wen. Sorry. I, I had to get the, the, the name right. Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. Right on. Okay. That, like that kind of moment, that passing of the torch moment in kind of that, that tail end and the way in which it's, it's kind of that, that nod to, uh, to fans and, and also just as kind of an acknowledgement of, uh, of, I guess, uh, just of torch passing. I loved it. I thought it was done really, really well. Super fun. I loved how she was like, oh, I've been doing this for years. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. This is great. And using the line about, oh, you know, it's all about like, you know, using its momentum against it and stuff like that. <laughs> you know? right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was that was a cool little a cool little treat there at the end. Okay. So, out of 5, out of 5. That's that's the question. We we always kind of give these ratings. How how many stars out of 5 are you getting this? Man, it's rough cuz like I I was really enjoying the movie. Um I the the first two acts I enjoyed. I, I thought they did a great job there. You know, like I said, it, it was a Superman movie without being Superman. And in that context, you know, I think they did a I, It I, was a Wonder Woman movie. I would think I think you're right in the sense that this would have been a great format for a Superman movie as well, but I won't call this a Superman movie, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. getting what I'm saying. But the, the, the way the way the ending just it did not hit for me. And I'm not one of those to say that I will. I enjoyed 99% of the movie and then 1% maybe not like it. But because I, I did like all those things that I liked. It's just I, I, the ending just just messed with me. The, the Chris Pine thing messed with me. And um, it, it sort of diminished my overall enjoyment of it. So I would say I'd probably have to give it a three and a half out of five. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I too have to put some sort of caveats around this. I mean, like, honestly, there's, there's a 2020 lens. I got my 2020 goggles on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, so from a 2020 goggles, I'm, I'm inclined to give this like a 4.5 to a five. Like I really, really enjoyed this, but at the same time, I also really haven't seen new movies in a long time. <laughs> Yeah. So there is that. But I did. I had a blast with it. Oh, the other little gripe I had was that it was it was a bit too long. But the fact that I actually watched it at home, you know, since we were watching, you know, I, did you see it in theaters or did you, you stay at home? Right. No, I, I stayed home. I, I watched it uh, when I went to my parents house on their TV and then I, I had to come watch it in my media center, which which was a much right. better experience, mind you. Um I basically have a home theater. <laughs> I even have a popcorn uh, yes. machine. <laughs> Do you really? That's awesome. I, yeah, I, it, it was it was definitely a drunk purchase. I was like, Christy, this would be cool. Let's get it. <laughs> You've used it once. Awesome. No, I've, I've used uh, it numerous times, man. Okay, good. Then it's a good purchase. Uh, yeah, so 2020 goggles on. Uh, this is a five out, five out of five. Uh, probably more realistically, a four, 4.5 out of five. I'll, I'll say... Um, I'm going to give this a solid four stars out of five. I really enjoyed it. Um, the, the gripes I have are so small. Like the nitpick stuff is, is very, very small. I just, I really feel where it stumbled was at the tail end because it felt like it was building to something and then went in a different direction that for me missed the mark. Like again, I don't think there's anything wrong with even subverting expectations with like, Oh, you thought she was going to kill him, but she did something else. Like, I don't even necessarily mind his personal kind of redemption arc through her revealing truth to him. I think I think there's power in that story. I think the thing that, that really kind of threw me off more than anything else, though, is just this kind of extension to the rest of the world. And I'm like, oh, this is leaving me really sour, like sorely depressed. And I know that's not what it intended to do, 
but that's where it landed with me. And that's the only thing that kind of brings it down a little bit for me, but no, the majority of this movie is fantastic. So four out of five. Uh, and then, you know, by 2020 standards, five out of five for me. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I like the first one better. And so I think I gave the first one a four. Um, so that's why I'm going 3.5, um, for this, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a 2020 lens for movies. It's weird. When I watch movies, I try to disconnect as much <laughs> from, from the horrible reality that is reality. Um, right. So, so yeah, I, I, I can't say that like, you know, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies, man. I was doing a good job of that until the apocalypse started. And then once the apocalypse started, I was like, oh, this feels a little too real now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, any, uh, any final thoughts on, uh, on Wonder Woman? Um, yeah, you know, like it, it was, again, it was great to see a superhero saving people the whole movie. It was, um, uh, it, it mm. the, the ending was different than I expected, but, um, I, I guess I can see why they did it. I just, you know, was thinking there'd be more, if, if Maxwell Lord's going to have this huge character like turnaround where he where he decides to become a, a better father and a better person, he should have at least own up to the things that he did and like, you know, turn himself into the authorities or something like that. I don't know. Um, that that was just it just it just bugged me. And, and the Chris Pine body snatching thing kind of bugged me. But like overall, I did enjoy it. Like I, I I've seen it twice and like I'd watch it again for sure. Um it they're you know just yeah. a, just a couple i wouldn't even call them i mean they're, they're not nitpicks i don't think i i they're they were just disappointing I'll, I'll put it that way a couple a couple aspects of the film all right there you go there you go no i'll, I'll definitely watch this again i'll tell you what man i'm really excited because now with uh the hbo max and everything not not only do i have access to this got access to titans and doom patrol and the young justice season three like all of these things I've been having to like watch clips on YouTube. I can now actually watch in full and I'm stoked. I, why, why didn't anybody tell me to make the switch sooner? Cause I was so confused for the longest time about this. That's HBO weird, man. Thing. I thought I kind of like, I thought we spelled it out to you in, in discord a long time ago. Yeah, we tried Apparently to didn't sink in. I, well, cause you have HBO, HBO go and HBO max. And it's like, well, it's just, just cancel everything and go to HBO max. Like that's really what should have, yeah. I should have done that a long time ago. Everybody needs to do that. If you've still got HBO go drop it now, and go get HBO Max, and, and make sure you time it so you don't have to pay twice like I do. Yeah, well, unless you unless you uh, get it for free from your like that's the thing. I get HBO Max from my uh, cell phone provider. So like if you if you if you have a cable package with HBO and you get HBO Go for free, I don't like cancel your HBO package and get HBO Max. Maybe is that is that the solution? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it, it, maybe. Yeah, it's just so bizarre to me that they would like make this all encompassing service and then still charge people for their other less feature rich services <laughs> like what? yeah i mean they like they got me man they were they were trying to trick me and they, they got me yeah stupid <laughs> all right well anyway there you go y'all y'all be smarter than me be, be better <laughs> i i am a loser guy you must be, be, be better than <laughs> um, that, if that is what you wish uh yeah anyway all right man there you go that's our, our wonder woman 84 i uh, hope y'all enjoyed that uh, review let us know your thoughts on wonder woman 84 we'll be back next week uh going back to our retrospective on earth 90s uh the flash so looking forward to uh, getting back to uh do, getting back to the literal classic next week with you buddy all righty look forward to it too all right man let's go have a wonderful day and remember life is good but it could be better
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.